Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, everybody. Hey, Justin. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, We we saw an episode of uh, Star Trek Discovery. Yep, episode three. Uh, Context is for kings. Context is for kings. Uh, But before we talk about that, I wanted to mention that earlier this past week was the 30th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, that's right. And uh, did you go back and watch any of it? Uh, I, I think I did. I send you anything. I know I posted a uh, a gif of uh, Riker stepping over a seat <laughs> over over and over again, and said I I I could never sit down the same way after STTNG. Uh, no, I watched the Orville instead. <laughs> that's your uh, that that's how you pay tribute. Mm-hmm. Is by watching the new episodes of TNG. Exactly <laughs> the Orville. Right, right. I will say this past episode of the Orville was pretty good. Really? Oh, yeah. I still haven't watched it. It was very Star Trek-y. And, huh. uh, yeah. Okay, so episode four. Episode four of check The Orville. I think you should out. check it out. Okay, okay, I'll do but it. I'll anyway, do it. we're here to talk about Discovery, not The Orville. Right, right. And I uh, have to say, without spoiling what we're about to talk about, Discovery is definitely not The Orville. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but speaking of spoilers, there'll be lots of spoilers. We're mm-hmm. assuming you, the listener, have already seen the episode. So uh, here we go. Episode begins six months after the events from episode two. Uh, this episode on the whole felt like a a second pilot. It was like pilot version mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. And and again, you know, the title was, and for, for a reason we'll, we'll get to, is Context is for Kings. Without those first two episodes, you would have basically no context for what was happening. Yeah, you would just you just know that Michael was a was start basically Starfleet's first mutineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she which was... I I guess would have been enough in some ways, but I think it's good that we had that. We couldn't that re- really relate to her if that was mm-hmm. all we knew. Mm-hmm. She'd just be kind of an angry person in kind of i guess a prison jumpsuit right <laughs> right yeah so she's on a prison transport uh yeah she she's the only one with a gold jumpsuit i noted mm-hmm. is that because she was an officer or i don't know or they just wanted her to stand out yeah probably that they wanted to say they could match the color of a command uniform <laughs> from the original series but uh yeah so the transport uh i noted so the shuttle craft pilot uh, mm-hmm. there's only one person on board this shuttlecraft to uh, mm-hmm. control this shuttle. And that seems like a bad idea. Control the shuttle and deal with the prisoners. Yep. And seemingly there's no separation. I mean, there could have been a force field. We didn't see that, but yeah, it, it was a little, little understaffed. You were used to seeing two people per, per shuttlecraft usually. Yeah. And you want to have someone as backup because mm-hmm. as we saw, when there's something on the outside of the shuttle that needs to get repaired, <laughs> things can go very poorly and they do (laughs) spoiler alert yeah but uh yeah so you see that uh michael has accepted her fate Mm -hmm. Uh, she was ready to die on that shuttle yeah yeah i thought that was that you know they they didn't have to have her say you know like hey i'm ready to die here you just saw that 
you know, hey, these these microorganisms, um, and and it was interesting that you know they have a species <laughs> classification for these organisms. They're about to basically you know kill them, mm-hmm. uh, and and she was just kind of resigned to it. Yeah, everyone else, everyone else was freaking out. I thought that was really that was really well done. But uh, they didn't need to freak out because the discovery rescues them. It's the first mm-hmm. look at the NCC one zero three one discovery. Mm-hmm. And it is, I think it looks really cool, but it is different. It's a very different uh, Starfleet vessel. Yeah, and especially you know, obviously we saw the early renders. We've seen photo. We've seen photos. We've seen drawings. We see the schematics in the opening, but you know really compared to all of the ships that showed up at the battle of the binary stars it just looks very it looks completely different i mean there's a saucer section and an engineering hall and there are warp nacelles but it looks so different from uh from the other ships and i i guess maybe in this episode we we maybe get why it looks different or well it's a brand new ship for one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh it's a very science focused ship but it is not Mm -hmm. a science ship Okay. The prisoners get rescued, mm-hmm. and uh, we're introduced to Landry, the chief of security on Discovery. Mm-hmm. And I was immediately like, she was on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I was like, hey, there you go. Uh, wait, is this Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has a very dark tone like Battlestar mm-hmm. Galactica. Mm-hmm. So, uh, We also learned that Silver is for the science division. Mm-hmm. Because the- there are a lot of people in silver uniforms. Yeah. Uh, and, but they also know that there are black badges, which had mm-hmm. never been seen before. Mm-hmm. So this What's is that all about. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's some black ops stuff happening on this ship. Yeah. The mystery aspect of the show kicks in right away immediately. Like what's going on on the ship. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure I like that necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like a lot of shows do that where it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, what's this mystery? You better keep watching. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it seems a little not Star Trek. Sure. Yeah, I was feeling the same way. You know, you're just used to Star Trek being like, hey, everybody, welcome aboard our ship. You know, we're the United Federation of Planets. We're Starfleet. You know, everything's great. You know, even in the time of war, you know, welcome aboard. You're Starfleet. We're Starfleet. There are no secrets here. Right. But, yeah, there's definitely something going on on board this ship. We, we sense that right away. Yeah, I mean, there was, uh, what someone called it, in uh, Enterprise, there was that uh, Section 31 stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in Deep Space Nine, there was also that. So mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll, we'll find out this is somehow connected. Maybe this is the start of, well, not the start, but maybe this is a continuation of Section right. 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned that, uh, Burnham knows Susmana, the Vulcan martial art. Mm-hmm. Of course. That, that, um, was used on Enterprise by T'Pol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was cool to get to see her use that. Uh, we are introduced to Captain Lorca, mm-hmm. played by Jason Isaacs. He does a great job as a captain. Yeah. And, um, so... You're probably going to mention this, but he has his own kind of, I don't know, I almost wanted to say it was a unique trait, but there's something about him that's a little <laughs> different when we meet him. Yeah, he's got eye damage, and he, mm-hmm. or so he says, and uh, he needs to <laughs> be in the dark. Uh, he's, he's basically Riddick. 
Yeah. Or does he just want to be weird or be mysterious? (laughs) He's definitely mysterious. He also has a pet. Pet Tribble. He has a pet Tribble. And uh, fortune cookies. He's got a lot of fortune cookies. Yeah, I felt like this was a little bit of that. Okay, uh, you know, all of the captains, you know, have had sort of these things, you know, Picard comes from, from a winemaking family, and there's, you know, all these little character traits are like parts of their background that people latch on to later on. So are we supposed to be like, oh, well, fortune cookies, his family makes fortune cookies or made fortune cookies. <laughs> yeah, a hundred years ago. hundred years cookies. ago. Yeah. Michael thinks that uh, Lorca arranged for her to be on the Discovery. Mm-hmm. Because she's... A very smart person. She can yeah. figure things out quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noted that the interior of the Discovery feels a lot less industrial than the Shenzhou. Mm-hmm. Uh, still very dark. Still very dark, but yeah. uh, it feels more modern. Yeah, it feel it's, it seems more like a, you know, kind of a Starfleet vessel we're used to. I mean, it could be, you know, it's like a sleeker take on Enterprise. Like, you can see where it's evolved from the Enterprise. But, you know, what I'm starting to notice is it's it's almost like where we're going towards the original series is that we get to the original series and it's been almost like kind of the softening of things. Mm-hmm. Like, the Ikea-ification of Starfleet, <laughs> you know? Like, they've they've been in this very militaristic industrial era, and then they're going to more of like a... Hey, we've okay. We're past all that. Let's make our our ships really luxurious. Yeah, and maybe that's maybe. why the uniforms change, mm-hmm. so they're mm-hmm. a little more casual than the militaristic uniforms they have now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and did you mention them? Um, we also see that Saru Saru is there. He's the f- new first officer. Mm-hmm. He, he got a promotion. Yeah. And uh, what? Uh, there was another person there, like the helmswoman. Mm-hmm. Was there. And she has uh, like a prosthetic on her head. Yeah, now. so so she was probably injured in the battle, and that's uh, that's the note that I made was that maybe she's she's been injured, or maybe that's like some kind of enhancement that she uses as a helmsman. I'm not I, w- sure. I would assume it's injuries. I mean, mm-hmm. the Shen- Shenzo got really battered in the mm-hmm. in the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Michael has a roommate, mm-hmm. uh, Cadet Sylvia Tilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's she's a snorer, is what we discover. <laughs> she's very neurotic. Yeah. Um. She right. She has a lot of allergies, and and so there's like the scene where you know she wants to switch beds with Michael because she has all of these allergies and that might make her snore. But yeah, she's uh she's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if in a bad way. I mean, she's just very. I don't know what the right word. It's not precocious. Um, but she's, she's got a lot to say. Yeah. She's, she's very talkative. She said when she's nervous, she's a lot for Michael to take in. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's a good character for Michael to bounce off of. Uh, Michael Mm -hmm. is very stoic, uh, especially right now. Uh, she's very standoffish because she's Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm only here for whatever three days while the shuttlecraft gets repaired. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I, I the note I made was that you know this. I feel like this is very. There, you know, there's going to be actually some characters and situations coming up where I was thinking, you know, I can feel the Brian Fuller influence even more here. Mm-hmm. Um, she seemed like a character right of, and they actually talk about Michael. Um, uh, Tilly talks about, you know, oh, I've never heard of a of a female or a, 
you know, a female Michael, that's that's unusual. You know, the only other female Michael I've heard of is Michael Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> the mutineer. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's you. I'm like, yikes. Yeah. I'm going to not talk now. <laughs> uh, there's a black alert on the ship. Yes. And the ship partially liquefies, it looks like. Uh-huh. It was something we saw in the trailers uh, for the show, and... Well, we don't exactly have an explanation yet, but it's very weird, and Tilly isn't offering any answers. Do you Michael. do you think the alert is named for someone named Black, like the Read Alert? <laughs> the Read Alert. I know it's Michael Ian Black. I don't know. <laughs> if you really want to improve tactical readiness, why don't you help me with this protocol? I'm a little busy right now, Malcolm. It's a chair. It's the captain's chair. It's just as important as your read alert. Read alert? That's not bad. But, uh, no, I mean, you know, if they talk about black alert and we're thinking about black ops, you know, there's black projects going on, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, the discovery can uh, facilitate up to 300 discrete scientific missions, says Saru. Mm hmm. So. There's all kinds of stuff happening on the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Burnham, uh, Michael goes to her new job where she's uh, working for Lieutenant Stamets, who's mm-hmm. this super arrogant scientist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, again, kind of neurotic uh, Brian Fuller character. <laughs> he doesn't like lurkers. No, no. He, he's very, he's, he's, he's an unusual, unusual gentleman, but. Uh, I was immediately sort of like, hey, this this, this person's different. Uh, I noted there's a lot of secrecy aboard Discovery. We talked about Black Ops projects mm-hmm. before, um, but there's a whole section in, in uh, Michael's new workspace that's locked behind a breath scanner, mm-hmm. which is, I thought was kind of weird. What, the breath, the breath yeah, scanner, or that there's just a lot of secrets? No, that there's a breath scanner. Not, yeah, not like a not retinal like a, scanner or, or hand biometric yeah. scanner. It's a yeah. breath scanner. What's the point? Maybe, well, maybe there'll be a point. I don't know. Well, the point was it makes it easy for Michael to get in because she can <laughs> grab some drool from uh, Tilly and right from her snoring. There. Yeah, it all it all works out. Right, <laughs> just blast it in there and go inside. Um, so they get a distress call or not distress, they get a call that the USS Glenn, the discovery sister ship, uh, uh-huh. is, is down. And, um, I noted it saves time and money to, uh, use this, this sister ship because they can use the same model <laughs> and the same sets. Yeah. yeah. And they can do things, you know, to that ship that might make you think it was the discovery uh-huh. in a trailer, let's say. Yep. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, I haven't read up on this yet because we just watched the episode, but I'm assuming maybe the ship is named after John Glenn. The probably. Astronaut? Probably. Yeah. Uh, so the Glenn was boarded by Klingons, uh, but the Klingons were not the cause of this uh, destruction because the Klingons were wiped out by something. Mm hmm. Oh, and there were, as they're approaching, um, I noted that they, they talk about these markings on the hull of the ship. Mm-hmm. Unusual markings that seem somehow related to the mysterious mystery on board the Discovery. There's always something mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, a Klingon survivor shows up and shushes the waiting, <laughs> which I was I thought was pretty funny. 
Yeah, it's like a little comedic beat in the, in this otherwise very serious episode. And then he gets uh, the Klingon gets killed by a monster straight out of Doom Three. Yes, you know, I'm glad that you also thought the same thing. It looks like it was out of Doom Three. Yep. At first, I thought it was like the the from from uh, the the Force Awakens the 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 creatures that get loose on Han Solo's ship, but then I I looked at it a little more and I thought, oh, it's Doom Three. <laughs> so then it becomes alien for a little while as they run uh, away from this creature or doom <laughs> <laughs> or doom yeah and then uh and then michael uh tries to save the rest of the away team by uh, drawing the creature away from them mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. as she's running through the jeffrey's tubes and stuff as she's climbing through the jeffrey's tubes she's quoting alice's adventures in wonderland uh-huh. and i was I was very like, are they doing this because they want to seem smart? It seems a little pretentious to be quoting literature just for yeah. seemingly no reason. Uh, out out loud, you know, and I, I again, I was like, uh, this is Brian Fuller. This is his, you know, this is his fingerprint on this. It just seemed like something out of, you know, you'd expect out of one of his shows. Um, but once we get yeah. the full context, mm-hmm. like this title of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made sense to a degree, although it still seemed weird that she was quoting it wh- out loud. heavy-handed, right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Michael escapes the creature. They, they get in the shuttlecraft and fly off. And then um, uh, Lorca makes an offer to uh, reinstate uh, Michael as an officer, as a Starfleet mm-hmm. officer. And uh, Michael declines the offer because she thinks that Lorca is working on some illicit weapons. Like a uh, like a bioweapon, basically. Yeah, spore-based weapon that's based in physics and biology. Mm-hmm. Because uh, she's seen, she went into the room and she saw these spores being grown in like a like a greenhouse, right? But uh, we learned that those the spores that they're working with are used so that they can travel faster. Mm-hmm. It's a new type of propulsion mm-hmm. that is almost instantaneous or at least extremely fast compared to warp drive yes i mean kind of michael's from one place to another michael's able to even see romulus um mm-hmm. he puts her in a in the in the room with the spores and then she's just he just kind of like does like this like view master <laughs> you know and just tr- teleports her everywhere and then back and, and so this 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 opens up you know it's there's a lot of questions i have about this but my guess is that by the end of this series they'll perfect that propulsion and then something will happen that the discovery just disappears from this current timeline Mm -hmm. and then they'll show up somewhere else Mm -hmm. and that's why it, it doesn't have any bearing on the future of star trek right which i I think you're probably right. I hope. I mean, it would be. I. I don't, we'll have to see. It could be super disappointing that you see all of what happens and then it just never. You know, it doesn't really ha- mean anything, or it doesn't mean. I mean, it could. It could mean something. It's hard for this series to have any effects on series in the future because those mm-hmm. series were already filmed. Like, right? They would have obviously. to retroactively. <laughs> say oh no this yeah. part was from the discovery right oh when they did that thing that was because of what they done on the discovery right yeah you're right i mean they do have to address it in some way um 
you know, we'll have to see, you know, we have the temporal cold war and enterprise, um, you know, which was just kind of like, wow, you know, how is this going to affect things? Well, obviously it didn't, but, right. um, it's, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I mean, I it's a problem with prequel series. That's yeah. Yeah. Like they, they can't, you know, otherwise they can't really do their own thing because, you know, Hey, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, I get, you know, I think that this, this new propulsion, you know, I get the sense that it's, it's just one of many things. And I almost think I see kind of the, the, um, I'm not quite sure the, the, the term to go for here, but it's, it's almost like the, the conceit of the show, which is that Lorca is out to win this war at any cost. And you, we see that he's got the ship full of things. Like, I, I think there's like a Gorn skeleton. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that was. And, and it's almost like I can see them in future episodes collecting, war, you know, zipping around with this new propulsion and kind of like collecting things that might help them defeat the Klingons. I don't know. Including the creature from the mm-hmm. Klingons. Yeah, the Doom the Doom 3 creature. Yeah, the Doom 3 creature. Um yeah, but towards the end uh so Lorca convinces Michael to stay because mm-hmm. he says that the reason that he wants Michael is because she chooses to do the right thing no matter the consequences to herself, no matter what. She'll do the mm-hmm. right thing. Mm-hmm. And his quote is universal law is for lackeys, context is for kings. Yeah. So, there you have it. That's the the episode title. Um, yeah, we've got a scene with, uh, Tilly and Michael mm-hmm. and this is where the context of the Alice and one Alice's adventures in Wonderland comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael has a physical book, which I noted was the largest version of that book I've ever seen. Cause Alice's adventures in Wonderland is a short book. Right. And this was hundreds of pages <laughs> thick, but Hey, maybe it's uh, lots of notes or it's in multiple languages. Maybe, or maybe it's just really large print. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the reason that Michael has that book is because it was read to her by Amanda Grayson, uh, Spock's mm-hmm. mother, uh, mm-hmm. when Michael was on Vulcan. They were the only two humans on Vulcan. And uh, the book helped Michael learn that the real world doesn't always adhere to logic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes up is down and down is up. Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine that that's going to be actually very important on this series from all indications. I mean, it was in this episode in a way. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what'd you think of this, uh, kind as kind of a second pilot? You know, um, I, I do again, context, <laughs> context is really important. And I do think that if we hadn't seen, um, we hadn't seen the, the first two episodes, I wouldn't have liked it quite as much. Yeah, um, I think if they just went into this, I mean, they very well could have this could have been the pilot. Right. But I don't think we would have had the same connection to uh, Michael for sure. We wouldn't have understood why they're at war. Um, we wouldn't have understood or we would have had as 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 deep an understanding of why, you know, kind of, you know, I, I like the, the, the conversations that she had with Saru. Uh, where he was, you know, he's kind of like, hey, you know, I actually really like you and I thought you were really good at your job until you weren't. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and he you also, tell... he also acknowledges that she's very dangerous. Mm hmm. 
yeah, he's like, you're very, you know, you're very good at what you do, but you're also very dangerous. And, you know, I, I really felt, you know, her, you know, his disappointment and her regret. And uh, I thought that was a, it was, it's an interesting dynamic. And I can, you know, I can definitely see them heading in the direction of her trying to redeem herself in everyone's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if she really thinks that's, that is important. I think she actually thinks just her pain for her crimes is more important right now. Um, but maybe she thinks helping Lorca is going to somehow repay her debt. Um, I'm not sure. But, you, you know, you asked me what I thought. Um, I, I, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, it was very dark. You know, I, one of the things that really stood out to me was the, the amount of gore um, when they went on board the Glen. Um, people were basically like twisted and turned inside out, like turned into pretzels. It was very gory. Yes, it was. Uh, is, is probably the goriest thing in Star Trek. Um, I noticed there was some, you know, I'm not a prude by any means. I'm just like trying to put this into, into trying to frame this right as a Star Trek show. So there was a lot of gore. There was some adult language, (laughs) you know, um, things that we're just not used to seeing on Star Trek. Um, this is, this is definitely its own show, but you know, I know that the mysteries are, are overdone. Uh, but I, you know, I do kind of like the mystery. Uh, I, I like mysteries. And so, you know, finding out what's really going on is, is, is something I, I'm interested in. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm interested to find out more about Tilly, about Lorca, uh, about, you know, some of the other characters we're seeing. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm still very much engaged pardon the pun yeah i'm still interested in the show um i the mystery aspect doesn't really hook me mm-hmm. but i do just i enjoy watching a star trek show week to week <laughs> yeah definitely and, and you know at least you know here um you know apart from kind of the like the like you said the heavy handedness of the quoting the lewis carroll in the jeffrey's tubes uh you know i think that that uh it's it's very well written very, very well acted and the drama feels legit you know feels authentic um it it's a very it's just a very ominous show <laughs> and i'm so used to star trek being you know whether it's you know what whoever the captain if it's you know captain archer being you know full bluster you know or you know captain picard you know wanting to see what's out there you know i'm used to this kind of this optimism uh-huh. and this is very this is a very ominous, dark show so far. Yeah, it does definitely doesn't have that optimism yet. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping as the show goes on, they develop that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Tilly is definitely optimistic. Her goal is to become a captain one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just a cadet right now. So, well, maybe we'll see her journey. Yeah, and I think they said that she or she talks about how she was very highly placed at the Academy. Um, and I guess that's why she was chosen for this mission. So, um, hopefully she doesn't go too down, too far down the road of, um, you know, being very like, I'm the best, you know, I can do everything. Yeah. Hopefully or, it's not, know. it doesn't become a Wesley Crusher type mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I wasn't, you know, I, I, I thought she was interesting. You know, I think she, like you said, she could be a good kind of, uh, uh, a, a good kind of balance for, for uh, michael or at least you know um to to kind of get michael to open up about things and care about people um 
but yeah, I, I, I felt, I felt like this went by, oh, this episode also went by very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's just cause I'm so, you know, I'm just really into it and it just seemed like it flew by. Also, it's half um, the length of last true. week. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> last and weekend. oh, the other thing, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, you made a point on our last episode about just the production values of the show. I mean, they're definitely holding up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was no real, you know, use a lot of times you see a pilot that they just pour a lot of money into. And, uh, and then from then on, it, you kind of get onto the regular series budget, but this one was, is every bit as impressive. Well, uh, it being able like, to reuse sets helps a lot. Yeah, it does. But I mean, it still looked like a, a, a motion picture, uh, which was, you know, it was just really cool. You get to see these, these 2017 Star Trek, you know, effects and sets and everything and costumes. Mm-hmm. But no, um, overall, um, I, I really like the episode. I, I think that it, you know, it, it, it definitely raised some questions. Um, not really any concerns. Uh, and I'm really interested to see where this goes next. Uh, and it, it does from the previews look like our next episode is going to be, um, is going to be another, a very, you know, serialized installment, a direct continuation from this episode. Yeah. So, uh, we'll talk about the next episode. Um, the butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.